Welcome to All Things Church Planting, a podcast dedicated to empathize with and empower the church planter. We aim to walk alongside you in your unique calling through real stories and relevant topics. We're a production of the 80 plus million initiative of the Central Region of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. You can check us out at 80plusmillion.org. Here are your hosts, Justin Thornton, coming from Glass City, USA, and Todd Sovine, coming from his aggressively creepy basement. Episode number seven of All Things Church Planting. Welcome back. Today we are talking about interdependent leadership. Now I know you. I've been you. I love to run into a building by myself and try to put out the fire by myself, but that's not really what God calls us to, is it? God calls us to interdependent leadership, to depend on others, to empower others, to lift others up, to share in the giftings as the body of Christ moves forward as a movement. And so today we jump into a team that's in Ohio and they're living out this interdependent leadership. You're gonna love their story. Their story is gonna empower you to be a better leader. I hope you will watch this. I hope you will take this in. I hope you'll take notes. All Things Church Planting, episode seven. Church planters, those wanting to plant churches and those wanting to quit their jobs as church planters and go work at Kroger's. Welcome to All Things Church Planting. I'm Justin Thornton, and this is a production of the 80 Plus Million Initiative, and that initiative is part of the central region of the Christian Missionary Alliance. You can check us out and join us up with us at 80plusmillion.org. Please do it. It's been named one of the top five things that are good for your health right after doing a daily plank. I'm usually joined with the leader of that region. His name is Todd Sovine. Today, you have a fantastic man who is handsome, loves Jesus, and grows his own coffee beans. His name is Brian Scott. Brian, tell the people where you work, what you do, and what your favorite food is. I work with the Ohio Valley District of the Christian Missionary Alliance. Uh, my role is director for multiplication and i am addicted to east carolina barbecue yes who's not not me maybe people from india maybe they don't i mean yeah okay uh can i call you b scott we're gonna go with b scott today is that okay that sounds good b scott today's topic is creating a culture of interdependence uh, interdependent leadership, to be more specific. Now, that's a very fancy title. When you told me about the title, I'm like, wow, that sounds really fancy uh, and, and, and maybe a little bit long for folks to understand if you don't break it down a little bit. So what does it mean sure. to build a culture of interdependent leadership and why have we invited the guests that we invited today? Well, interdependent leadership is basically one of those terms that have been thrown around in Christendom lately. Um, I think like anything else, the definition really depends on people's experience and relationship in leadership structures. But if you allow scripture to define it, it takes on a totally different meaning. Um, we base so much of, of leadership around title and status and position. And unfortunately, a lot of us uh, think we have rights and, in, and are entitled to certain things based on that authority. But if we do not have the character of Christ, if we don't have specifically humility and submission, um, we can't operate as leaders the way God has created us to. Uh, passages like 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, Philippians 2, uh, give us the basis of how we're supposed to interact with one another. And ultimately, when we do that, we hear more clearly what Jesus is thinking and what his heart actually is. So I'm really excited for you to hear from these three guys. They're close friends of mine. Uh, we've been through a lot together, uh, but they've taken a concept, made it a conviction, 
and then base their leadership reality around those convictions. Yeah, it's it's kind of a, a church planting thing uh, because we attract these guys who or, or gals who typically will run through a wall by themselves. Uh, they're typically pretty gifted. They're catalytic. They're self-sustaining, and so it's it's their tendency to depend on their own leadership and, and run by themselves. But but you're saying uh, we, we need to biblically first of all look at the Bible and understand as as the Bible lays out leadership, it lays out interdependent leadership, not just on Christ, but on the people around us. Is that fair? That's fair. Yeah. And so you, you brought some guys on today uh, and, and, and why don't you tell us who they are and, and they can introduce themselves further. So Zach, Jordan, and Steven are with me today. Uh, we began a relationship probably about five years ago walk through a lot of things together and really walk through what it means to be interdependently led and in relationship and interdependence. So I'll allow them uh, this time to, to introduce themselves. Awesome. My name is Zach Meerkrebs and I, uh, am the, I was the planting pastor of New City Church in downtown Lexington, Kentucky. Um, more importantly, I'm married to Kristen and we have a three-year-old little girl named Eden, who is the best. Um, and actually, just a couple months ago, I transitioned to um, a new role at a more established church in Lexington to kind of create a culture of sending and multiplication and evangelism. And that's First Lines Church in Lexington, Kentucky. Hello, hello. My name is Jordan McCain. Uh, my wife and I hope we were sent from New City Church in the winter of 2019. And we got to Delaware and have been just serving and chugging away uh, as co-planters with the other guy who's here uh, for about a year and just really pursuing God's heart for Delaware as a community and what it means to, again, for this topic, what it means to be interdependent in leadership together and reflects reflect Christ's character to the world that way. Yeah, I'm Steven Anderson, married to my wife, Randy. And like Jordan said, Randy and I, Jordan Hope, and another couple named Brad and Haley G, we are all sent from Zach's church in Lexington to Delaware, Ohio. So the three of us couples have been working out what interdependence means on a daily basis. And we've learned a lot from Zach too at that church plant. So excited to be here today. Sweet. Well, I appreciate you guys being on here with us. And Zach, I would love for you to express first what you see as interdependence based on your experience. Yeah, in, interdependence, I never had a word for it before um, kind of joining this tribe of the central region. Um, I just saw it as team. I maybe would have defined it as like a really encouraging, empowering unleasher lead pastor you know and those all those things became um, some things fell away some things became clearer and really what we see in interdependence is the perfect example is the trinity uh, there's clear defined roles and relationships uh, and they can't separate themselves there's no lone ranger in the trinity uh, there's this beautiful mutual submission based on uh, how they're, they're destined to operate as, as a Trinity, right? And um, so in that, those, 
the, the, the three parts of the Godhead have one mission, the mission of God, which is reconciling all of creation back to itself. Uh, and they do it in different ways. You know, the father has a role and practices and the son came and had a role and had its practices and the Holy Spirit has been given to us as our advocate and empower. But and all those work in unison, unified around this mission of reconciling all creation back to itself. So we'll never hit that out of the park. We'll never do that perfectly. But how I see that is one vision shared by multiple people with clear and defined roles that's mutually submitting to one another based on gifting, uh, perspective, and uh, even calling. So we started exploring that at New City. What would it look like to really have this interdependent team leadership? I did, uh, I was commissioned as the lead pastor and lead planter, but quickly tried to decentralize that, try to have kind of uh, move horizontally instead of laterally as we grew. Um, and I think as we pursued one vision with multiple people based on gifts, we utilized APEST from Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. We utilized some other assessments just for self-awareness. Um, we pursued that, but I started quickly understanding that we had a lot of people talking about interdependence, like, uh, that guy in princess bride, when he says inconceivable and they're like, I don't think you know what that word means. <laughs> you know, it was just like over and over again in emails, interdependence, you know? So I started realizing what it wasn't. And it, it's, it's the difference of being, like I said, a very unleashing, encouraging lead pastor versus sitting in a seat as a facilitator of everyone's gifts around you. Mm-hmm. Seeing as a leader, your primary role is to equip others to do the work of ministry, even sometimes considering their gift mix more important than yourselves. It's exact. It's Philippians two. It's sitting in a seat and saying, I've gotten this seat. I'm going to give up my rights and re- reputation to empower others around us to do ministry. Um, it's not, I, I, when I was thinking about it, I thought about like that first date when you're trying to be sweet to one another and you're like, no, you pick where we go out to eat. No, you pick where we go out to eat. And then you never choose. Like a lot of people experience interdependence like that. Like, no, you do the series. No, you choose the outreach when really like there's roles, like someone's gifted in teaching and designing and shaping culture of a Sunday gathering. They don't need to be sweet. They got to run their, they got to run their route, you know, like a team, a football team, the QB has a role and the defensive line has a role and they shouldn't be telling each other how to play. They just need to play their role, but they're all around this one vision to win the football game. Right. So, um, there's so many different illustrations. I think about like an ecosystem, you know, what if you saw your church as a leadership ecosystem that you can't get rid of one thing that actually feeds the other or fuels the other, you know, and it's this really interdependent, mutually submissive thing that is very organic and very hard and very sanctifying. And, but I think you'll see, beautiful effective ministry come out of it yeah i think we should do another podcast where you talk about marriage because if your first date was the only time where that happened that is i mean we need to get you back on for a marriage and, and planting podcast because that's just, i just shut my mouth and let my wife choose that's what <laughs> I've learned. So. yeah I, it's, yeah and I, and I love your so 
let me ask you a, another leading question because you said it's it's more unleashing than it is facilitating. What is before I ask you this next question? What is the difference between between unleashing and empowering and facilitating? I, it's almost like the difference is like delegating. I see. Uh, maybe I could have used that word delegating instead of unleashing. Mm. Like if you see someone who's sitting in a central spot and just delegating role, you can say that's unleashing, but they really don't actually have a decision. That's the person who delegates it, right? Who has the decision. So I could delegate small groups to Jordan. Um, and which we did, but we learned the hard way that really it needs, he needs to be at an equal elevation in leadership as me. So we're facilitating the shaping of all these different things. So you're not ultimately just creating silos that you're really nice to each other. You're yeah. actually really doing things together. Okay. Well, so, so we have Zach answering. I mean, he, he, he let it. So let me, let me go to somebody else just to make sure this is actually working. Okay. It's nice when the leader says, this is what we, this is what we're doing. So let me ask somebody who was elevated in the ecosystem. Jordan, let me ask you this question. Uh, what, what are some ways to create a culture of interdependence? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I think you can tell, you know, a lot of the ways that I've learned how to communicate this, I learned from Zach and Brian. And even I came up also with a one sentence description that's very similar, almost the same as same as Zach's. You know, I I do see interdependent leadership. If I had to put it in one sentence, it is this unified group of mutually submitting disciples who are together, growing in daily intimacy with God and one another as they pursue the vision for their community, right? So it's like, we, we get it, this is how it works. And so I think there's four pieces, parts of that that you need to pursue. I think the first one is, and Zach explained it perfectly, is the mutual submission. Uh, I think mutual submission is the best articulation that I know of, of that body of Christ metaphor that Paul talks about, that we do in our incompleteness which is the opposite of the Trinity, but we as humans in our incompleteness and our wiring and our gifting, we need each other. We literally cannot complete the mission without each other. That is not an option for Amen. Christians. That's not going to work. And so I think as leaders in a traditional model, we're really happy when the laity sees themselves as diverse and work together. But I think once you get into higher echelons of leadership, that starts to get confusing and hard. I think people like having a hierarchy. I think that makes sense to them. But uh, when you have people at the same table and they do have different roles and responsibilities, like Zach was saying, uh, we get to experience our limits. And that's where the Holy Spirit really takes us for a ride is when we reach the end of our own stuff. Like when I was doing this with Brian and Zach and Steven, that's when I found the most joy and some of the most difficult aspects of myself uh, was when the Holy Spirit would lead on from that point. And so, you know, uh, what does it mean? Like when we were mutually submitted to one another, when one of us would make a decision that we were empowered to make and we disagreed, right? Or when we made a call and one of us didn't like it, what does it mean to mutually submit to one another? What does it mean to still like each other? You know, what does it mean to still be in the same room and have coffee the next day? That was like the nuts and bolts of what we had to figure out. But as we grew in that, we watched the Holy Spirit use interdependence to make New City flourish. I think the second part of that 
is with your leaders that you're interdependent with. You have to be individually and together daily growing in intimacy with God, which I know seems like a no brainer. But if you were to ask me the question, like how spiritually mature do you have to be to be a leader? Obviously, I think we all know the answer is kind of like, it depends. We have some good handholds on that in scripture, but I think it's actually really hard to tell when you're ready, when you're not ready. What we do know for absolute certain is that you have to be maturing. You have to be moving. People who are stagnant are dangerous, and those are the people you want to be cautious of. Um, and it, because working in an interdependent culture takes a lot of creativity and hard work, and stagnancy actually works against a lot of those things. And so what I experienced was, and this is not to like make fun of anybody, but you bring people on, especially maybe older folks who have done everything the same way their whole life, and they are maybe in a posture of they've sat down, right? They've stopped leaning in. They're comfortable. They're ready to go. You bring them on because they're experienced, but they actually are holding up the process of what the Holy Spirit's trying to do. And that can be really difficult for your team. And that can be a real sore spot. Or on the other end of the spectrum, you get them too young. And Zach knows what this is like, but young people who aren't daily growing and listening, they become like the revolutionaries, like burn it all down. Everything that we did before was terrible. I hate everything. Uh, that was me for a long time, right? I was like excited about everything and not always listening daily or growing daily. And there no were one's following Jesus, but me. I'm, yeah, I'm, exactly. Yeah. 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 And I'm really good. Uh, I don't know any millennials like that. I don't know what you're, <laughs> what you're talking about. But what I'm trying to say most of all is like your team has to be daily growing in intimacy together and alone. And if, if one of those two pieces are out of whack, you're going to have struggles and difficulties. Uh, the third part, growing in intimacy with one another, it's hard to exaggerate like how important self-awareness is for interdependent leadership. Uh, we're just so different. And because interdependent, interdependence so models God's holiness, I think our spirits and our souls just have a hard time with it. I think it just reveals too much. Uh, in two to three years of it, it's brought out every insecurity false narrative, power lust, sin pattern, baggage, like all the crap that I have has been on the table. And I think that as that's been exposed, I've sat in like rooms and snotty cried through most of that stuff with like these four guys and others. Um, but what I can say because of that is that there's, I am free from things that uh, other people who are 20 to 30 years my senior are still struggling with. Um, and that's just what it does. It just exposes those things and we begin to work through them together as a team. And then finally, obviously vision. Vision's like the playground for an interdependent team. The foundation is the same for every man, woman, and child to have repeated opportunities to hear the gospel. Uh, yeah. But as we are growing in that together and we're using our mutually submitted gifts, we begin to really be able to craft what the Lord has for our community. It's awesome. Great word, Jordan. Appreciate that. Um, like everything else, church planting uh, always is flooded with great ideas and concepts, but we want culture change. And so, Stephen, would you give us a sense of what it takes or the steps that are necessary to make this conviction, this concept into culture change? Yeah, Brian, I, I was thinking through steps, and I actually think one way 
culture change happens is through question asking. So I kind of have two questions that I think are important for all of us to be asking ourselves. And they are, who are you surrounding yourself with? And then what stories are being shared? And like Jordan and Zach both spoke to, uh, the process of interdependence engaging in that, it, it, it creates conflict. And that conflict, if you engage it with a spirit of humility, it's a sanctification in our discipleship. It sharpens our vision and strategy as we're pursuing the vision God's given us. Uh, so I think these are important questions that begin to um, create space for that diversity to happen and even that conflict to happen that's important for our own discipleship and our vision. So who are you surrounding yourself with? We see that Jesus tells his disciples to learn from children. We see the wisdom literature calls us to listen to the sermon of those older than us. So are you surrounding yourself with both people young and old? I, I think Jordan brought up a very good caution. And this, I guess this is even like a, a uh, an example of interdependence. Like we each have a different kind of perspective on the young and old. And I think honestly, you have to hold those both in tension. Uh, they both have perspective to offer. But if people are not leaning into relationship with Jesus, that's a legitimate caution. And honestly, I didn't even thought to consider that. Uh, but Ephesians says, Jesus's death and resurrection has torn down the dividing wall of hostility between races. Are you surrounding yourself with people of different race, different background? The Holy Spirit's been poured out on all God's children, both man and woman alike. Are you surrounding yourself with both genders? When you hear people's stories, you see they have different experiences with God that you haven't had, you may never have, or people that have different theological convictions. Are you surrounding yourself with a rich tapestry of redemption stories? God's uniquely wired every individual, different personalities, different gifts. Are you surrounding yourself with those different gifts? And the, the worst case scenario, I think, for leaders is we can be tempted to go by ourselves because we can go faster alone. Uh, but we forget that when we partner, we can go farther together. And then the best case is, like Zach was saying, sometimes there is a team uh, but we lack diversity. There's, there's not the necessary like conflicting opinions and or, um, perspectives that are taking place. Uh, so we need to be asking, are we sound, surrounding ourselves with diversity? I, I don't know if there's any Queen fans, big fan of Freddie Mercury. And in that movie that just came out about him recently, he, in the story, it's the scene where he's coming back to his band. He had just left his band. He thought he could make a bigger name for himself if he could leave the band queen that he like started with. And he kind of comes back. And this is the line in the movie. It says, I went to Munich. I hired a bunch of guys. I told them exactly what to do. And the problem was they did it. There's no pushback from you, Roger. There's none of Brian's rewrites. There's none of John's funny looks. And then he says, I need you and you need me. And I think Jesus, he's placed us in a diversity of people so that when our gifts, when our leadership, when our discipleship goes awry, we can have these people that they help us with the rewrites. They give us the funny looks. They give us the pushback when we most desperately need it, when we may not even realize we need it. So again, like who are you surrounding yourself with? I think that's a question we got to sit with every day. So, mm -hmm. so the second question, what stories? are being shared. The stories we share, we know they shape us, they shape life around us. And I think a lot of times when we share church stories, they can be individualistic in nature. They're often about how God just used one individual to accomplish something. 
So ask yourself, when I share stories about my ministry context, do I primarily share of how God is using me? Or do I primarily share of how God has sharpened myself and the vision strategy for the church through others? So Jordan spoke about mutual submission. So let's ask the question a different way. Am I sharing stories of a vision or strategy that is birthed out of mutual submission to different people? Uh, Maybe more of our stories should be about we instead of I. And when it is about I, maybe it should be about how someone else's perspective exposed the blind spot that I had or sharpened me in an area of discipleship that I was weak in. So go out of your way to like share these stories of how God is sharpening you. These are the stories that need to be shared. These are the stories I think even inspire hope in the, the bodies, the churches that we're a part of. People see that this is a church they can be a part of. This isn't a one-man show, a church where you can participate in. There's no longer just a church that's only led by one competent individual, but a place where there's really a space for every member of the body, the mobilization of every disciple. And I think this is the picture of Proverbs 31.8 says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. There are voices that just won't be heard if those with platform don't lend it away. So I think those are the two questions that we got to be sitting with every day when we're creating a culture of interdependence. What stories are we sharing and who am I surrounding myself with? All right. So leadership lean in with Jesus and Freddie Mercury. That's good stuff. (laughs) Amen. Yeah. As you guys talk, I think about this. I was doing some research. Um, I'm not going to say any city or name of, uh, of a church, but the, the, the mission statement was help us build a church as diverse as our city. And then I, I clicked on the leadership and it was nine white people. Um, and I just, I just thought to myself that, that that's going to fall short <laughs> a little bit. Um, and that was because I, I think, I don't want to bring judgments too far, but they were surrounding themselves with people just like them. Um, so kind of the opposite of what you're saying, they just wanted comfortable people around them that thought like them, lived like them, ate food like them, sang like them, uh, you know, did, did worship like them. And, and therefore they were far off from creating a culture of diversity, um, and, and probably interdependence in the end. So, uh, yeah, thanks for you guys word. If, if, if you could challenge our listeners today and like, here's one way I would challenge you. Um, in, in creating a culture of interdependent leadership, how would you challenge folks? Uh, before I share a little bit on that, Justin, I just want to say, as these guys were talking, um, I thought how beautiful that they allow the Holy Spirit to refine them yeah. in the deep places, that these words that they say are not just words. They're not just con- concepts or abstract ideas. Um, they have allowed the Holy Spirit to define their character by these things. So that's been a, a joy for me to sit and listen. Um, for me, I see that people, and when they've come up to me and asked me questions about interdependence, there, there are those leaders that have significant role of authority or of title. Um, and there are those that are sitting underneath a uh, authority that may not be practicing interdependence. And those are two different dynamics to address. Uh, so first, for those that are um, in a place of authority, I would say that you have to do the deep work. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to shape and mold you around what he desires you to be 
and reflecting of interdependence and humility and submission. Um, I think the struggle is for those that are in a, a structure or a culture that is not interdependent, more hierarchy. Um, they've asked, how do I approach interdependence in that case? And for me, I think God gives us uh, the responsibility to operate in the things that he has given us as role and not worry about those that are outside of that role or in authority above us, but to submit to that authority and then to produce an interdependent culture and the responsibilities that you've been given um, and allow that to, to sort of shape and be example and maybe even uh, shape a culture where you're not the primary leader in the midst of that. I think what I was going to say was I had actually had a really good thought with scripture and all that stuff. And as I was listening, even uh, Justin, as you opened and you were talking about maybe you're a church planner who's like ready to quit and go be a barista or whatever you said. Uh, <laughs> Kroger's. Either one. Yeah. Most likely barista. Let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, that makes a lot more but, uh, sense. Yeah. Man, I hear me out, but my challenge is give up. Like, if you're exhausted, give up and like meaning not run away screaming, but give up because there's probably someone in your room in one of your seats dying to be used in the area that is killing you. Wow. Like, so give up, like how you measure success might currently be, I can do all things. Mm. And like, I can speak from a personal expect like perspective that. I wrestled through interdependence and I quickly used my nose, my thumbs, my toes to put like fill all the holes of the boat going down. If I felt something was going wrong and I was just exhausted emotionally, physically until I realized like, give up Zach. There's someone that is actually better than you at that thing. And you need to activate and mobilize them to do that thing. I'm an evangelist. And I needed to be like, I needed to give up some things so I could go be around lost people. Like I remember when I had to cancel a, tat, a evangelistic Bible study in a tattoo shop to go lead board meetings when there was, and I was just like heartbroken. Like I wanted to throw up and I couldn't give that up entirely, but I could give up the preparation to someone who thinks tremendously around strategy, agendas, things like that. And I could just show up to the meeting after leading my Bible study with lost people at the tattoo shop. So if you're here listening or whatever, give up, activate and mobilize folks in your seats because they're waiting for you to do it. And uh, I believe strongly that someone just needs to be open-handed today and, and give some things away. That's good. Yeah. I think for me, because self-awareness has been so key for my growth, I think, the temptation when you learn more about self-awareness is to put it on your to-do list and then you get all this knowledge and then you can articulate all the bad things about you and you kind of laugh at it or you laugh at other people's stuff. Um, let me just say that Henry Nouwen said that solitude is the furnace of transformation. Um, he meant that about silence as well, but learning about all those things, joking about all those things and learning about other people's stuff don't really mean anything if you're not truly being transformed in your time with Jesus. And until you have the ability to really decide that you're going to put away some of your, I got to work and be a frenzy of motion 
instead say, I'm going to rest in the Holy Spirit's presence and be transformed in the areas he's showing me day by day, like a mirror that I need to be transformed. It is going to continue to be very, very difficult to not only be humble, but to really pursue interdependence in a way where you will be willing or able to submit to anyone's authority, let alone Jesus's. Um, but the more you submit to that stuff and the more you get transformed, I promise you this path will get easier and you will see tremendous fruit in your vision that is not filled with your ego or your competency. You will just like, you will just be so excited. And that's, that's been my path so far. Yeah. I would just totally agree with Zach and Jordan. And I think I would just add, be, be patient. This is something interdependence is something that, it's, it's the fruit of relationship. It's the fruit of sowing seeds over time and begin sowing those seeds. I think that's the challenge. Begin sowing those seeds and be patient. It takes time. So. That's good. This is Holy Spirit stuff, man. I, uh, yeah. I think about all the times that I, you know, I, I don't know who put out the list, but someone put out a list of burnout. Uh, there was like top 10 signs. Um, and I just kept it on my desktop and I, I probably went back to it every four or five months and I'd typically be hitting four out of four out of 10. And sometimes I'd be hitting seven out of 10, uh, and just wondering how do I pull myself out of this? And, and that was nine out of 10 times. That was the problem was I was trying to tug on this rope. And as I was playing tug of war with this, with this beast, uh, my hands were bleeding um, and like Zach said, I, ne- I needed to just drop it and, and give up and start to empower the people around me. Um, I think about all the men that and women that have tried to plow their own way. If I think about whatever tw- 20 people that exist on that same level of platform, I don't know, 15 of them collapse in some way. Uh, and it's, and it's typically because they haven't, it's because they're on this platform and eventually the platform is on top of them. <laughs> it's, it's crushed them because they haven't learned interdependent leadership. Um, and so if we can learn the lessons of interdependent leadership, maybe, maybe our leadership will be uh, 40 year journeys, 60 year journeys, as opposed to 15 year. Uh, and I want to go to Kroger's or be a barista. Um, and, and you know, Kroger's isn't even on the East coast. So let's not even talk about Kroger's. I mean, come on now. Uh, so yeah, just thank you. Thank you guys for your examples and, and your heart and how humble your leadership is, how dependent your leadership is on Jesus and each other and how you're willing to go through the muck and the mire to lead together as opposed to apart. It was a good testimony. Um, why don't you tell the, tell the folks just your website and where we can find you. Um, how many, how many churches you, you hope on planting at some point here? Uh, anybody can answer this question. Yeah, I mean, you can find our church at delcoalliance.org. It's a beautiful website, um, and it will show you how great we are. Uh, but, I mean, our our vision really is to reach, to saturate all of Delaware County with disciples, leaders, and churches. And so in terms of how many churches are we going to plant or disciples are we going to make, is like as many as it takes until every person gets a repeated opportunity to hear the gospel. So hopefully infinite. Yeah, shout out to New City Lex, even though uh, none of us worship there yet or anymore. Uh, but uh, NewCityLex.com is the original church that we planted together and uh, just really love that church. I'm at First Alliance, which is F-A-C-Lex.com. 
But um, my heart is in partnership with my friend Brian that we would create multiplication centers in every major city uh, that we are accountable to. So Memphis, Nashville, Louisville, Lexington, Cincinnati, Dayton, Columbus, that we would see a multiplication movement uh, there and that we would do what God has called us that we might hasten the day of his return. Like I'm, I'm all about that. Let's do it. So that's, that's my heart. Nice. I would add too that um, interdependence is one of the convictions that we all share and it's not the only one. Um, but these convictions do lead to a very uh, powerful decentralized move of Christ's church. And so um, what we've found, I think over the last four or five years, all of us, we've seen God at work in the lives of leaders and of churches where humility and submission are the characteristic character or the culture characteristics that we see. And it just births things. I mean, when you empower, equip people and champion people, things just are birthed out of that, obviously by the spirit of God. So um, just super, super uh, honored to be with these guys in the journey. Amen. You can find these guys and all of us. You can partner in church planning with all of us by going to 80plusmillion.org uh, or jumping on one of these guys' websites. We'd love to plant churches with you guys, wherever you are, whoever you are. If you need a tribe, if you need a family, we got you. Uh, this is how we plant. These are the things that we care about. My man B. Scott is in the Ohio Valley District. Uh, the Great Lakes District is a little bit better, but it's, 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 it's not a competition. We're a part of the kingdom, and we're doing this together. So thanks for joining us as a part of the All Things Church Playing Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to All Things Church Planting. Do you need a friend to change the world with? So do we. Once again, check us out at 80plusmillion.org. Life is too short to plant churches alone. And if we are going to plow a church planting movement, we are going to do it together. See you next time on All Things Church Planting Podcast.